Hi everyone and welcome to the Everyone's Critic podcast where we discuss episodes from TV shows. Um, today we're discussing Atlanta season three as it just co- uh, as it just dropped a couple of weeks ago um, and so since then three episodes have dropped so we're going to be unpacking those today. Um, Kojo, how are you? I'm not bad Queenie, I'm not bad. I've got some water here and um, I'm chilling. It's, it's, I'm fasting at the moment. Um, so my energy is quite low, but uh, other than that, I'm feeling quite good. How are you? Good. I'm I'm good. Um, just had a riveting weekend in London. Uh, back up in Liverpool now, and yeah, my room's a mess. Got a tidy yet? But that's life. <laughs> At least Atlanta's back after how many years has it been? Four years Man. or something. Yeah, yeah. Robin season, I think, came out, I want to say 2016-ish, 2017. Or oh, my bargain, yeah. is it? Because I, I feel like I, I saw Atlanta back in 20... I think Atlanta, I saw Atlanta back in 2017. I don't... I mean... Yeah, I think that was when season two came out. Yeah, so it's been a while, basically. Um, Yeah, season one came out in 2016. So, yeah. Anyway, it's been overdue. It's been overdue. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, you Queenie, you saw season one. Way, way, way overdue, but oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's the internet connection. I've, I stepped all over you. Um, your response. I was gonna say you saw season one lately. Do you want to talk about it? Yes, yes. Would love to talk about it. Um, so season one, we kind of see um. Ern, who is the main character, or one of the main characters, um, an aspiring music manager, um, but overall bum. And we see his cousin, Alfred, also known as Paperboy, up-and-coming rapper. Um, and essentially the two of them are working together to try and find a way to make this music thing happen, essentially, um, set in Atlanta. Mm. They also have a friend called Darius, who is Darius uh there's no other way to describe Darius um I'll give you a small a small anecdote of Darius that is essentially they go into a pawn shop they try and find like he uh, Ern is trying to pawn his phone because he's that broke he needs money so he pawns his phone um and ends up swapping it instead of getting money for it swaps it for a samurai sword because Darius <laughs> sorry, because Darius says oh well if you want to make more money then you should buy the sword so he buys the sword Darius then takes a sword to like someplace basically swaps it for a dog gives the dog to this man and he's like okay cool like there'll be you'll get like 2k like two thousand dollars basically in like a year's time and Ernst like okay but I needed the money now like I didn't want to invest I just needed the money now <laughs> I need to eat I need I need I need, I need, I need sustenance now I don't need to eat in a year's time because I won't be here in a year's time I need to eat today um but that that's Darius to a T basically like I mean, trying also, to be helpful. He, I say he also it was it was a good shout. Like the money the money earned gets in season two is very useful. It it stuff I'll I'll come back yeah. to that, but it wasn't a bad what Darius did was I thought he was gonna I was, I was like, oh, you're gonna waste his money, but it wasn't a waste of money. It it wasn't a waste of money. It was actually it was a fantastic, fantastic um like investment. investment. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair but like obviously if I'm thinking about what I'm gonna eat for dinner like as in I don't have 
I don't have a penny to my name. And you're telling me, oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> just get this sword because it'll get you more money. You're going to get paid. It's like, for- <laughs> I need to eat today. I need to eat right now. Anyway, basically. And then um, Ern's baby mom, Van, is just trying to, you know, deal with the fact that her baby father is a bum. Um, coming to the realization that, like, you know, life is lifing, you know, life is a very serious thing. <laughs> um, money if you make, but also, like, I have a kid and, you know, she's trying to deal with all of that. So, and that's like the four, the four main like characters. But you've seen season two recently, Kojo. Tell us about what happens there. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, season two, aka Robin season, um, I think it's set in the winter. So when to go back to what you said about Darius, when Darius speaks about investing earns money, it's not, it's not investing earns money. It's not in a, the, the time frame is not like a year. It's like a, it's like a few months. I don't know how long, but it's like a few months away. Because what it does is it takes us into the winter autumn period which is robin season in atlanta everyone's trying to get money holiday season so people just get robbed i think there's interesting themes in season two of being in the come-up stage when season one's all about being in the, in the early stages um you yeah. see like characters like paperboy who are now dealing with this conflict of being well known everyone paperboy runs into knows who paperboy is but he's yeah. still in the hood he's still like he has his 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 um, fame has changed, his notoriety has changed, but his status is still kind of, in terms of how he's living, is still the same. And he's yeah. dealing with that sense of feeling like you've outgrown people around you, your circle isn't really uh, catered to your, towards your best interest. He's dating or hanging out with people who keep dragging him down. And he begins to look at Ern as another person who might be dragging him down. Because to be fair, what Ern is doing as his manager is plugging him into spaces which aren't propelling his career. And um, Paperboy... Probably actually, I think my favorite character this season, just because of that conflict he's dealing with, um, has a moment where he ends up in the woods, um, and um, a, a, yeah. a, another person, a guy who lives in the woods, um, ends up with a knife to his throat. Tells him like, "You need to make a choice. You got to make a decision." And the decision really is being framed as like Paperboy having to like run out of the forest or not, because he's kind of just chilling, um, like he's giving up on escaping for a second. But the guy, what in terms of the metaphor and, and the analogy of what the guy's saying is people need to make a choice of how are you going to live your life? Like, you need to start making the moves for you. And then he looks at Ern, who's, again, been plugging him in the, in the worst places and getting him into all sorts of fucked up situations as a potential liability. And right. Ern is still figuring out how to be a manager. So Ern is also like, I need to step up my game, which takes us into season three. And Darius is still being Darius. Um, Ern and fans' relationship breaks down in season two in terms of them having, like, being together, but not together. Um, And it happens because Ern, again, is is stagnant. I think the theme of season two, actually, with a lot of characters, like Ern and and Paperboy, is stagnation. Because... um, Ern doesn't know what he wants from Van. Van asks him, like, what do you want from this? And he's like, I don't know, but this works. And Van doesn't want it anymore. She actually wants somebody to love her and look after her and, and, yeah. and vice versa. And Ern isn't providing that. He's just using her as, in her words, um, somebody she can fuck. Somebody he can fuck, sorry. Um, so it doesn't really it doesn't, it doesn't really work out. They play a game of table tennis um, for who, who wins, gets to kind of decide what the terms are. She wins and then, you know, they move on. Which... So yeah, taking us into season three, Atlanta's back. Um, 
and what an opening yeah episode one I'll, I'll start so episode one um actually called three slaps um yeah. i remember messaging you at the time when i saw episode one because i had thoughts but i was i was i was i was confused what i'd say is i was confused about episode one um sets following um is Aquarius who's acting up in school gets taken away um, and put into foster care with two white parents two white lesbian parents um with uh I, th- I think in the show there's only three other black children um that he gets he gets housed with um but I'm going to come back to that yeah. but, but I, and basically this, I didn't realize that the episode itself was based on real events I don't know if you did yeah, see, I the woman I, was to speak. <laughs> what? I I didn't know the episode was based off a real event. Um, it's based off the Hart family murders, and unfortunately, where the show essentially ends with the 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 foster parents deciding to take their own lives and their children, and then the the Aquarius and the other children escaping the TV show, that didn't happen in reality um so and at first when i saw the, when i saw the episode like i messaged you i was very confused i was like why what what is this first episode what is going on um and i went on twitter to kind of see what the discourse was and i saw people talking about how it's a it's a take on the heart family murders um uh, and people had obviously like mixed takes on it i've seen some people say that the show handled it badly because what happened in reality doesn't happen in the show. But then at the same time, what we're going to, I mean, what the theme, the, Atlanta's a show about Afro surrealism is an Afro surrealist show. And for anybody who's unaware, like surrealism can be defined as like balancing a rational vision of life with one that asserts the power of the unconscious and dreams and like maybe even the mystical um, yeah. and finds magic and strange beauty and unexpected. I'm reading this off Google, by the way. Um, finds magic and strange beauty and the unexpected and the uncanny, um, and the disregarded and the unconventional. So, in essence, if I'm if I'm if I'm going to distill that, it's like taking almost real events and then twisting it in a little bit, adding in your own dreams, adding like kind of putting your own spin on it from an Afro from a black lens. So, yeah. it's an yeah. Afro surreal show. And it took it took an event which yeah. happens in realism and reinterpreted it from from Afro Cerebral's view. So yeah, what do you think of yeah. episode one, Queenie? So with that context, which I I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize that that was the case. But with that context, I like that episode even more now. I didn't I didn't not like the episode. I just thought I feel I thought it fit in with the theme of of surrealism. It also fit fit in with the theme of um, like just every episode not knowing what to expect because that's the type of show that Atlanta is. Um, so in season one, we got like pretty much an entire episode um, just running commentary basically on um, on it was like the black is that like the Black Arts Network or something like that, um, and you just had like a series of adverts essentially discussing different things and as it's very it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it it's season one episode seven um but there's like one where they have like coconut o's or something like that and it's like a it's like a um cereal it's a cereal advert basically but then like in the end the wolf who's trying to steal the cereal from the kids um gets like arrested and beat down by the police and it like 
it's hard to explain. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Um, but so I say all of that to say that that first episode already fit in with what Atlanta does. But with the added context that you just told me, um, I think the fact that the fact that at the end, Ern wakes up because it's a dream. I'm like, well, he dreamt a happier ending then. Like, yeah. Know what I mean, like, and that it, it fits in with the theme of surrealism, like you like, uh, and with the explanation you've just you've just told me, um, and he was obviously, yeah, he was just dreaming up a happier ending. I, I like that personally. Um, I'm kind of shocked that people didn't like it. To be mixed. fair, did did you like it? At first, I did. I was confused. At first, I was just very confused because I didn't have the context and I didn't... I think yeah. I went in there for, for a first episode of a new season, so I was particularly bemused. I was like, why would you start off a season this way? Like, who who is Aquarius? It's like, it's, the whole time I'm like, is Aquarius related yeah. to Ern? Is, is, this, is Aquarius like Ern's... Did he change his name? But then we've seen Ern as a child. So I'm like, I was very confused. I was trying to like, piece how it fits into the wider story. Um... <laughs> And then when Ern wakes up and it's like, it's just a dream, I was even more confused. So yeah. I, sh- I think, I think, well, with the added context, I like it a lot more. And I, I, I see why they positioned it in the first episode, because there's nowhere else you can really position that in a, in, in, in a show, in, in the season, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm going to rewatch it. It's a really... Although, although... Go on. Sorry. No, please finish your thought. No, I was going to say it's a really good episode on its on its own. Even the themes it t- talks about or, or, or touches on, like, um, seem social services, economic status. Um, the idea, like, like a Twitter question, like, should should people of other races raise other children, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, even just looking at the, the 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 again the social welfare system and how um, like what sort of checks are in place for like children's welfare when they get when they're in foster care and, and, and things like that. And um, the police, there's that scene, you know, the scene where Aquarius hugs the, the policeman. He's like, um, I want to go home type of thing. That's a real scene. Like there's a, there's a picture of that, of where you see the, the I think the child, um, I think their name is Devonte. I'll have to double check. Um, wearing the hat, wearing the same outfit, hugging the policeman with tears in his eyes. Um, so with all that context, the episode means so much more. And I think it just crystallized it. I was like, oh, I understand. Like things just clicked suddenly into place. When at first I just was very confused, which is when I messaged, I was like, let me watch episode two before I say anything. <laughs> like I didn't even have the context. I was just like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. And yeah. two didn't help anymore. But once I had done some reading, I was like, oh, right. I see. Yeah. 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 I think I think in terms of in terms of like because you you mentioned that you're not sure if it would have worked if it wasn't in the if it wasn't at the beginning. Um, again, with the kind of show Atlanta is, mm. um, I don't know if I agree, but I will say that maybe it's trying to maybe maybe that's the maybe they're trying to unpack a theme there that we're supposed to be looking out for in this episode like I feel like I feel like the whole show is very beautifully crafted and obviously they would have definitely thought about like how they were gonna lay out the show and all of that but if you remember like at the beginning of the episode um where you have that kind of like horror element which took me by surprise because I came to the show to laugh I didn't come here to be scared when, <laughs> please when the white fisherman turned around and you see his Bro, 
I was like this on the train. <laughs> but I was like, I did come here to be scared, please. I thought we left that with the with the season two episode, uh, episode six, with the Michael Jackson-esque episode. Please. I thought we left that behind. I sent you my episode list for season two, right? Where it's just every episode, just tick, 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 tick. Watch, watch, watch. And Teddy Perkins is like, mm. watch, 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 watch. Oh, so scary. But anyway, I mentioned, I mentioned that because they were kind of talking about how, um, you know, there were people, there were, there were souls under the, in the murky waters, like, and stuff. And um, it was kind of like. Oh, so true. Which is, which is also true. Yeah, no, and I I didn't even have to Google that to know that it was true. Like yeah. I didn't have to Google that to know that it was true. Um I, and there was one line that he said, oh, it was it was about um it's because they were so close to being white. Mm. Right. And so I'm kind of thinking like as Paperboy is getting more successful, and we do see like in season, sorry, in episode two and episode three, that like they're coming into contact with you know, people here and there, people that can help them. Like money, yeah. money is money is like helping their cause a lot. Um and so I wonder if like if maybe that's where we're going with this this season. Like we've already spoken about how you have the come up and then you have the like okay, getting used to it. And now it's like, oh, he's kind of made it big time. Like, cause these men were talking about, oh yeah, we were here last year. We were in Amsterdam last year. I'm like, you were on tour last year as well? Oh, since season two ending and season three. Because season two ends with them going to Amsterdam and they're on tour with some other industry plant kid. Um, yeah. And Al talks about firing Earn when they land in Amsterdam. Clearly that didn't happen. But... Yeah. Oh, and not even then Al talks about it, but it's like the energy is that when they land, he's going to get, going to get fired. But clearly that didn't happen. And clearly now Earn knows what he's doing. Like, he's a big time manager. He knows, like, he's comfortable in this game. Yeah. 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 But so. yeah, so I, I I don't know if I complete my thought, but right. I guess may, maybe maybe what they might be trying to explore this this season is just like maybe how close one can get to whiteness without like before drowning. Mm. You know I mean, like before your soul is trapped in murky waters. Mm. That's a really good point, though. That's a really really good point um, of how this. I can see once we get once we get through the whole season, jumping back to episode one and seeing how some of those themes kind of play into it because we are in that space of I don't want to say the fall off, but we could be heading for the fall off in terms of like yeah. we're seeing the season starts off with out up here, so yeah. the only way to go is either higher or lower, and it kind of I'm not sure how we can go much higher because he's in a, he's come he's been bailed out of jail in episode one, he's thrown money out and about. Shmoo's in and mixing with the billionaires. Like, there's not where 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 do you go from here in terms of the story? Yeah. And I don't want to see necessarily the fall off in terms of like him ending up back where he began. But yeah, I think they I, I can see them wrestling with the idea of whiteness as a status symbol, whiteness yeah. as an economic as an eco, um, as a class thing. Um, so yeah, anyway, interesting stuff. Let's do you want to jump to episode two? Let's do episode two because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Kojo. When we we often speak on this show, people listening, listeners, listen up. We often speak about budgets, right? Production budgets on this on this show, mostly because I bring it up, right? Um, because the stuff fascinates me. Okay, I haven't exactly looked into the numbers for the season, but I didn't have to. 
I didn't have to. You know why? You want to know why? Because these people were really in Amsterdam. Really in Amsterdam. Then they went mm. to London. They thought, yeah, we'll just go to London as well. My my issue sometimes, and we spoke about this in our last um, podcast episode about Top Boy and like how, like, oh, it probably wasn't necessary for them to go to Spain and Mallorca. As in me personally, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, and, I, and I was, my point was that like, I understand that productions get more budget and they, they get more money to do the show, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be squandered. Mm. Atlanta, like, speechless 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 for me one of the few shows that actually makes sense in terms of production costs right not only because it's a show about a guy who works in music so obviously he's going to go on tour like so it, it was just it was very very lovely to see basically like them being in Amsterdam but not just being there to be there it was like they were there and they were still doing the shit that they would do in Atlanta abroad like they were still, it was still giving surrealism, still giving Darius. It was nothing changed except their location. Um, and I really liked that because in other cases I can't say the same thing. Um, and I think I think that was it was just that was just lovely to see for me personally. Um yeah. yeah, what do you just just on your point of nothing changed but the location, I think even the way like that's a big thing that's a that's a big thing to change because one thing i like about what it's done in terms of changing the location is it bedding embedding itself in the culture and showing you the culture from different lenses where maybe like so we spoke about this with top boy you got stints of it in terms of in terms of it kind kind of talking about morocco and you see like the yeah. children and stuff who live on the beach who want to kind of cross over into into spain or cross over, cross over to europe um, it doesn't didn't really dive into like Moroccan culture would have been amazing to see in Top Boy. So now looking at Atlanta, and is again done from an Afro done from an Afro lens in that is looking at um, particularly uh, figures like Swart Pete or Black Pete, who is a yeah. related to um, like Christmas in in um, in Holland. It was Swart Pete uh, in like blackface is supposed yeah. to be a helper of Santa. The reason he's has black face is because he fell down the chimney. And I've always thought this this dialogue's always been very interesting for me because I see it's easy to see both sides. Like where people are like, oh, this is not it's not blackface. Be like, well, he's he's in blackface. It's it's a yeah. So so yeah. there's that there's that kind of tension there. Um, <laughs> and but they do it in such a funny way where you can kind of only just laugh in, in some yeah. in many respects. Um, yeah, I think that thing like you're saying you were saying that it's kind of like it was a tussle like mentally to be like you get that it's like a cultural thing like it's not exactly blackface but then it totally is but then by the end like the 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 two ends are like tied together right because essentially what happens in the episode is that um they uh paperboy needs to come out on stage and perform they've given him an advance of 20k to bail him out of jail which was a very nice spa jail but we'll get into that later um yeah, he was like can you turn down turn down the thermostat you might turn, turn off the light a little bit yeah uh, you know what and the thing is Ern got there paid the 20k and he was like yeah i'm gonna eat first though yeah like, I'm I just, that first. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so he's just been um released like from an overnight jail situation in amsterdam um and He's been given an advance, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So now he needs to go out on stage and perform because that's why they're in Amsterdam. But then he kind of looks out into the crowd and they're all in blackface. 
Um, and so Paperboy decides that he's not going to perform anymore, right? Um, so it's now Earn's job as his manager to be like, oh, listen, like, listen, it's not going to happen. Like, my boy's really ill, so we're not going to go. And as Earn is leaving or running away from the guy who owns, like, the... the what is, what is this? He's saying production the producer. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the guy, the guy loses, loses Earn basically. And so in a fit of rage, then beats up a guy in blackface. Just, and, and I say that because like, it does tie the two together. So in as much as it's not, in as much as like people might argue that it's not blackface, like you've still just picked the nearest person who looks black and beat them up, even though this guy had nothing to do with this situation. Um, and then Earn just kind of turns around, sees it happening and goes, um which i thought was i thought that was it was hilarious um it it was hilarious but it was also like damn like this is crazy this is crazy um like yeah so basically the production man just like took out his frustrations on the closest person who had the like simplest not even resemblance it's not like they looked like at all they both had short hair and the guy literally had black paint on his face and he thought now i'm still gonna beat you up because you look a little bit like this guy. Yeah, that's like, solid take. Um, jumping to Darius and Van, which is a pairing I never saw coming. I don't think we'd ever seen the two of them in, in the show prior, but it was not, as soon as I saw them together on screen, I was like, oh, I like this. Makes I like sense. this a lot. Um, and, and, and the idea yeah. of like, Darius is trying to engage him in small talk because he's like, this is what people, this is how people interact with each other. And then Van is, like, this is weird. You don't need to... We can just talk about real shit. It was lovely kind of seeing them just break their ice immediately and just start diving into who they are as people. Darius as a character, kind of missing for me right now. Kind of... Kind of eh, I think, I, think I, I enjoyed him a lot more in episode three, which we're going to talk about. But as a, yeah. as a character, it's... I don't... Maybe... I don't, I don't, maybe, I don't think he's the right figure to have like an arc of sorts but it would be nice to have something a bit more more to who he is as a character more he is as a person like we learned that he he's he's a eunuch and he grew i mean he grew up in nigeria and he said like he lost his balls and everything else we learned that about him but i mean maybe he's always going to be a misnomer to be honest i might be trying to put too much on a character when that's just not who like the purpose of them where he's supposed to be an enigma he's an enigma to the people around him so i guess he should be an enigma to the audience as well but it's just Maybe I'm yeah. over the like the random kind of quips that he throws out of like these supposed to be like mystical gems, and sometimes yeah. they hit and sometimes they just don't. And I'm like, uh, uh, it's kind of I want I want yeah. more from Darius because I think Lakeith Stanfield is a good actor, and I would just like to get a bit more from yeah. from, from that role. But yeah, I like. I, I can't I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean entirely, to be fair. I think season three though, because because especially in especially in episode two, when they end up at Tupac's um death. Oh yeah, we've got, we got, we got to talk about this. <laughs> I feel like that was that was so great, right? It could have only been Darius. It could <laughs> it could have only been Darius to be like oh, like, oh, we have to figure out, like, who this is. And for Vanessa, like, she's clearly in her own space and, like, trying to figure out, trying to uh, reimagine her life and, like, you know, trying to figure out what it is that she really wants from life and stuff like that. It could have only been Darius 
to have taken Vanessa on this journey that she's on now. Like, yeah. I feel like her seeing Tupac die <laughs> in front of her um, has obviously set her off on another path um, that I'm excited to see. Um, but I'm glad that it was Darius that was there to like, help facilitate that. But yeah, he is a misnomer, as you said. And th- I feel like there's always an adventure with with Darius. And so I'm I'm just here for the adventures. I'm, I am over the one-liners. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I did like him. On, on Tupac, I didn't. I didn't take that literally when they were saying it's Tupac, but I think it's it's Atlanta. You kind of have to take it like as it is. Um, so, I, Queenie, when I say I was shocked, shocked at the, the so trigger warning for anybody who. Ha- I mean, if you're watching this, you probably see, but this whole thing is just spoilers to be honest. I'm assuming you've seen the episode, the, the, the suicide scene uh, or the assisted suicide scene. When that happened, yeah. yay! Yeah. I. Yeah. It was so much more graphic than I expected. Like, yeah. really caught me off guard. And it goes on yeah. for such a such a an extended amount of time of just seeing yeah. like squirm and and, and yell and, and gasp, like kind of go through the whole the process. I was taken, I was shocked. I was shocked. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, and the thing is, the way they said it, because she was like a death doula kind of situation, right? The way they the way they framed it was as if like, oh, you know, he's about to take his last breath, right? Not that you were gonna kill him. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, it was as in obviously he was there for a reason, but not that you were gonna suffocate him. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, it was quite intense. And but again, tinkering on like that kind of Afro-surrealism, like there are people who still believe that Tupac is alive and like um all of this so it's it's one of them ones it's an interesting it was an tr- interesting icon to choose i guess um but what can we do what yeah. can we do Office anyway really- also an interesting kind of again going back to the cultural um relevance of the show particularly when on international locations and how the yeah, like euthanasia is a legal thing in holland but in other, in yeah. say in America and other places, it's much more grey in how things like that are handled. So, anyway, interesting stuff. Um, let's talk about episode three, the old man and the tree. London, we we finally made it. We're in London. I think we're going to be here for a second. If I'm if I if I'm recording the trailers, I feel like they're main. They're going to be in London for longer. But I wonder if they're jumping around to different European cities. I'm very excited to see like. The show is incredible, like in terms of um yeah, this how it's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, like especially because like it seems as though the point of this season is to show like life on tour. Yeah. Like give it to me. Do you know what I mean? I want to see you in Paris next. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like <clears throat> anyway. Um yeah, episode three. Um I'm hearing, you know, they they little name drop like slow tie, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, so the guy basically they bump into they don't bump into this guy. Sorry, let me gather my thoughts. Um, there's a man that they're going to meet at his billionaire mansion or whatever. Um, and so the guy is like, oh yeah, like you know, the, the UK music scene is really good. Like, have you heard of slow tie? They're like, no. <laughs> um, and I forgot the other person that they mentioned. They were like, no. Who? K trap. Yeah, right. K trap. K trap is that? 
Yeah, I thought they were going to say cent- they were playing they were playing Central C's music. So I thought they were going to say like oh, Central yeah. C or someone, but this K Fab actually very much surprised me. I'm even skeptical, but okay, I was like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? So what I thought was so interesting was um, like obviously whoever wrote that episode would would have been like, yeah, slow tie. Like as in, were they doing that to mock slow tie, or were they doing that to yeah. be like people need to know about slow tie? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, probably the latter. Probably the latter. I mean, it's just or just cultural. Like, um, because slow tie would make sense if you were trying to, in terms of UK rappers who are or internationally known. Like, slow tie is also big. Like, slow tie's done stuff with Brockhampton and Tyler the Creator, and like slow tie's big enough to be known in the across the US. K trap was the one who surprised me. I'm like, of course they haven't heard of K trap. Like, why? But slow tie, I, I thought it was just. I, I took it as a like people should know about slow tie type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I thought I was like, that was just like a weird moment for me to be like, oh, like whoever wrote this is clearly like rooting for slow tie in <laughs> K trap. Um, but yeah, what what an episode, really. Um, this kind of pseudo, um, what is this film called with Lakeith Sanfield in it? Um, Knives. say again. Knives out. No. Um, Sorry to bother you. That kind of like workhouse esque, like they wanted to make it into like an artist workhouse. <laughs> with some very strange, very strange. Um, interesting episode. I don't really know what to make of it. To be fair, um, yeah, I liked it. I like. I liked it. I thought it was. Yeah, interesting. I, I think I always have this issue with, with episodes or movies that are set in one location and just one location for the majority of it. Right. It feels a bit, a bit boring to me, but it gets a bit stale. Um, right. But this, this they, they had so many scenes in here of jumping about and situations changing that kind of kept it a bit dynamic. Um, yeah. I want to talk about, I mean, I think the, the standout for me in this episode, ironically, considering the person I'm just slating was Darius the scene. Um because yeah. that yeah. that was that was just so ridiculous in a way where I was like it just it really it really took me by surprise how much I how much I enjoyed that. But it was frustrating because like seeing I'm like Darius say something. Like say something for MK. Because because it's 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 again themes yeah. of theme like white guilt and like um uh, like try, like white saviorism and, and things kind of factor into this of where somebody Darius met jumps in like mate I can't believe it fucking happened to you no way and Darius is like bro I'm I'm, I'm good he's like no 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 like that's 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 bang out of order and then, you know what I mean see, Darius and is then a goes on to tell Darius's story like and lie and lies just, <laughs> just inflates things and Darius is a person who's you can see in terms of that navigating social situations with people he's not familiar with of kind of not really knowing how to stem the like like stem the tide and almost would be like hey that's not what happened yeah. this is what happened and he tries actually to be fair but yeah. he's just not used to it's like just watching a snowball tumble downhill whilst you're chasing after it and he's like I don't know how to stop this snowball yeah. and they're just picking up more and more steam i.e. people who are gunning for MK so when <laughs> when you finally see MK in the kitchen um which to be fair the interaction was awkward but you see Darius wasn't affected by it Darius was like it was you know, it's, it's light. So when you see MK in the kitchen waving Darius and Darius's face, like, 
Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone changed. Sees her, and you don't see what happens in terms of her interaction with the left, but you hear what happens. And Darius comes down and sees Ern a bit later on. It's getting very intense. We should we should leave, and they do. But it was just so funny to me. I like situations that take on a life of their own. In in that analysis, yeah. it was hilarious. I just I found that whole thing like so crazy. Like uh, to me, it's, it started off crazy. The girl was brazy. Like essentially, Darius had gone up to her. And she was like, I'm engaged. Literally came over for the gym, babe. I literally came over for the gym. Wasn't I wasn't here to to to, to chirp to you. Mm-hmm. Um crazy from the get-go. The guy had a receding hairline. There was a lot going on. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um I'm trying to think what else happens. Oh, Paperboy ends up playing poker. Poker with one of the billionaires. The, I guess a billionaire who lives there as well. I wasn't really sure. It was like, is it two, so two I, houses? I, I, it was his house. Uh, um, Mando's in it. Yeah, but okay, his house. But the guy that the original lot met was like hosting a party there, or like who was there at the party type thing. Yeah, yeah, so he he basically pays the billionaire rent to like have cool. people there. I guess. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, paperboy gambling situation with the owner of the place who doesn't want to pay up. Paperboy flies off the handle, like severely um not happy at having been just cheated out of 20k um and begins to let that frustration be known by taking a chainsaw to the tree by stealing people's nandos chicken, just yelling and just causing a ruckus um and <laughs> but also i guess the question is like why didn't the billionaire just pay like was it a price like was it the fact that he lost or like I, that was so strange to me. It could be multiple reasons. It could be, yeah, it could, it could be, it could be pride. It could be, it could be a race thing. It could be, um, maybe he doesn't actually have that money. It could be like, there's so many, they never, they don't go into why he didn't pay him. And he doesn't yeah. leave the room. He sees the tree, which he, he loves being cut down, but he doesn't leave the room. Yeah. Um, the point is this he is did, tree- he did pay up. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, this is the tree that he literally built a house around, by the way, because it's it's meant to be the oldest tree in London. So he built a house around this tree. Paperboy is literally taking a chainsaw to the tree and he's just in his room. Like, mm. <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's, it's that whole thing was fine, was wild. Um, and they, they run, they escape, they get to the car and they start laughing about it, which I liked. It just shows like there's a sense of levity to everything that they're doing, even though Paperboy yeah. is obviously of this status and everything else that they're still it's still just jokes like fun they're still having a great time still having a laugh which was which was nice a nice note to end on um and then van 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 and Ern, Ern also has his own uh, storyline going on here but van van seems to be not in a good place or one of the best places how they've, they've they've framed it and even though she's like oh great i'm fine i'm just you know doing me um she's behaving in a way which has been uncharacteristic for her from the previous seasons. And as somebody yeah. who's particularly like, level-headed and, you know, um, calm is now being almost quite erratic at times and like just doing like, just doing things as they come, as they come to play. It's almost like she's listening to um, like, what's that voice called? The imp? The imp, you know, that voice in your head? I can't remember what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. It's like that voice in your head that just like, 
that everyone has. It just tells you to do wild stuff. You know, you don't really listen to it, but it just pop, pops into your head. It's like, I don't know, you're holding a can of gasoline and voice drink it. Or the import perverse or something like that. Um, okay. But like but, she like someone in the water, like in, in a swimming pool. Stuff no reason. Stuff, like the most things like those thoughts will pop into anybody's head, but you don't act on it. You just kinda and she just yeah. she's just doing her thing. So yeah. Are you worried about Van? Um I I'm not worried about Van, no. I'm actually excited um to see this side to her. I think it's I think it's great for her. Um well I think it's great for Zazie Beats to explore another side of Van. I'm I'm very excited to see it um happen. Um yeah, that yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that she's we're seeing a bit more turmoil. Do you think that mentally. do you think Van and Ern are gonna get back together by the end of the show? Like by the end of season three or four? Season three is the last season, no? There's one more. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I thought I thought this was the final season. No, they approved three and four. Oh, okay. So do you think they do you think they're gonna get back together by the end of season three? Um I'm still going to need for Ern to step up in ways I don't think he has yet. Really? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I think they'll be great co-par- sorry, co-parents. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're both, if they're that compatible to be in a relationship just yet. Mm. Um, or at least by the end of the season, I'm not sure. Mm, okay. I, I would I would love to see them both be taking care of their kid and both being there for their kid um and being nice to each other I think I would rather see that personally than them back together yeah yeah I like the co-parent angle I think maybe I'm still hung up and insecure but as much as I was rooting for Lawrence and Ian to get back together I, I don't I don't want to keep seeing like exes get back together to finish <laughs> exes get back together um but anyway um Aaron. also I feel like, yeah. I feel like so I was just gonna um say I think with Van as well like the fact that she is abroad it's probably like one of the well to be fair she used to travel a lot when she was a kid um mm-hmm. but she said in episode two that she sees that she's experiencing it differently now like she's experiencing traveling as an adult differently and you know it's probably the first time in a very long time especially since having a kid that she's like left the country and all of this so I think it would be nice for her to experience a new type of love from mm. someone else. You know what I mean? Like, even if she had, like, a little love in London and then, like, she's like, oh, shit, like, I actually love this guy, but, like, gotta go back to my kid. Like, I would rather something like that. Interesting. Yeah. I think that that would obviously have to... That would be interesting from even from Ern's perspective, not to, like, being sent to him in her story, but the idea of now seeing a person who you've had very complicated feelings for and you haven't treated the best, now they're happy and moving on and how that can, for Ern's own development as a character, like I said, about taking the steps he might need to take in terms of growing, which I think I'm still, I don't know, like I don't know what tension or problems he's now dealing with because now he's clearly a good manager. Now he's clearly like got money. He hasn't got, got financial issues in the same way. He, there's a sense of confidence towards him. So I don't really know in terms of what his character flaw is at the moment. So I want to see how that kind of pans out. I don't know what he needs to work on. Um, yeah. so, um, okay, cool. Do you want to talk about Ern? 
Let's talk about Anne. Um, what happens with Anne? He, <laughs> uh, he is chatting to this uh, his friend, the billionaire guy, about like just working together in the future and everything else. And the billionaire guy basically basically comes to him and is like, "Hey, this up and coming artist from Tootin, from Tootin is a." Is uh wants to turn my place into like a like an artist pad, like completely financed from the wazoo. And he he's like he's he is like my wife usually is my voice of reason, but she's no longer here. Is this a good idea? <laughs> and then Ern, who's obviously like, nah, bro, like the artist isn't that good, and it's a terrible idea. And um, you see the conflict of being again in proximity to whiteness, of suddenly. I want. I want to jump, jump, forward, jump to the end. But Ern takes a look at this photo of the first bank loan being presented um, to. I think it's the Bank of Cape Town. Cause I was trying to do some like googling on this. And um, the Bank of Cape Town, like all these white people and everything else, even like South Africa, Cape Town apartheid, quite obviously connotations there. And in the background, you see what appears to be like a black slave, like way in the background. Yeah. So I think, and even that, like the the proximity to money, whilst not having money, has always been a thing. Um, so in that moment, Ern kind of makes a decision of no, you know what, like this is for us, this is fine, and this is okay, like, like, yeah, and I'm also going to eat off this too. Um, yeah, bro, like, oh, you're spending 500k to allow artists to be artists, okay, and I'm gonna take 30 percent, thank you. <laughs> kind of interesting because it makes me think of the cyclical nature of when we say like reparations of how. I'm gonna. I'll say our people because I think the term like our people is a broad is a broad term. But our people in terms of skin folk who have been through slavery, who have been through these like who done the work to build up the yeah. modern day civilizations we have now, which black people still like on the whole don't eat off in the same way. That it's kind of like in Earth mind, it seemed like the cults were ticking where it was like, no, nah, you know what, this is this is for us. Like that person yeah. in the, yeah. the photo in the background worked and like yeah so so i can be here in this position and and and, and benefit um and whether yeah. you whether you believe that or not it's like kind of neither here nor there but i i i can i see the dilemma in terms of earn like kind of thinking justifying it to himself that yeah this is fine this is okay um yeah so it does that, seem like a bit like a it's a bit weird it does seem a bit weird though because he's just basically just like yeah like this space is for you which is why I mentioned sorry to bother you earlier because it's kind of like why would you why would you put me up with somewhere to work sorry why would you put me up with somewhere to live why would you feed me why would you do all of these things if you didn't want something else from it and obviously sorry to bother you if you haven't seen it spoiler alert they are testing people to turn them into horses thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to bleep that out you can't say it. that's a wild spoiler <laughs> um okay fine you can bleep it out um for comedic effect um but yeah so it, at first like yes I, I understand like the the dilemma like you say like should he take the money shouldn't he take the money blah 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 um but yeah I think he just came to the conclusion that it was best to just take the money especially because like the work well to to earn anyway the work that the guy TJ was making was terrible but if he's getting paid damn mm-hmm. let me eat too yeah, because the dilemma is not even initially like, should Ern take the money or not? Because Ern's not even involved in the decision. Ern's just kind of co-signing somebody else eating 
eating off it too. But then Ern realizes, no, you know what? Like community, you know. Um, anyway, that was that dilemma. Um, I, I, I'm, it's, I find it funny the way British characters in American TV shows up the British accent. Yeah, like it's real. It's just extra. It's so extra. I don't, like I'm like I know we don't sound like that on a regular basis, but it's always like the most British version of us. Uh, yeah. Makes me chuckle for because yeah, for American audiences. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. To see, um, them interact with people who aren't billionaires in London. Like if if we can get an episode where they're in London and they're just dealing with Tom and Nancy, that'd yeah. be amazing. No. <laughs> um, we did get Van in the chicken and ship shop. I did see it like kind of mid credits ish. Um, because I was like, is this a is this a is this a production gaff? Did they forget about Van? Did like did, did they forget Van has a story? But then you see where she ends up, and then she sees Irma's poor hand, and then she like obviously like busies it, whatever, doesn't answer the phone, and she's chilling yeah. in the chicken and ship shop. So you know, with the little monument that she stole from the butt from the billionaire's house, <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> Fair. All right. But yeah, that's that's episode one, two, three of my lineup. That's it. It's always hard to predict what's going to come up next in Atlanta because of the fact that it's like this Afro-serialistic... Yeah. Is that how you... Why am I always struggling with words? Anyway. Um, but yeah, because of the nature of the show, it's very hard to predict what we're going to see next. Um, and stuff, which is part of the fun. Um, strong start for me from season from season three, I think. Um, just they just keep doing it, don't they? Bloody hell! Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's a good start. I'm excited to see where it goes. And have, having yeah, just learned that they are doing a season four because I thought this was the final season. I, I can see this being the peak, and maybe season four being. Not the fall off. I don't. I don't keep jumping back to the fall off. But do you know what I mean? Like the level out. Yeah, in some ways. Um, okay, but yeah, Queenie, as always, lovely to talk to you about Atlanta. Um, excited to yeah, as the show goes on, to unpack it further and see how these themes, particularly in episode one, might factor into later episodes. But until then, um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Yeah. Speak soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.